Tomorrow Unlock brings you Fast Forward, presented by Ken Hollings. Program 2. Scan Purchase for Maximum Score. There is a future that we think we know already. One that seems as safe as yesterday. It lies somewhere between what we know and what we can imagine. Between the limits of today and the possibilities of tomorrow. But this future has a hidden dimension, a mysterious secret area that we like to call the past. There's an old British spy movie from the early 1960s called The Ipcress File, starring Michael Caine. In one scene, Caine encounters his former boss, Colonel Ross from the Ministry of Defence, in a Safeway supermarket. I haven't seen you here before, sir, Caine remarks. The comment is not some idle chit-chat. At the time the movie was made, the supermarket was still a relative novelty on the UK's high streets. No, well, I don't really care for these American shopping methods, Colonel Ross replies. One has to move with the times, I suppose. This movie certainly does. The camera lingers on Kane as he selects a tin of curried prawns from a neatly organized display of exotic food items. It travels along shelves lined with tins and packets in glowing colors and bold designs. The two spies seem completely out of place wandering down the supermarket's extra-wide aisles another innovation imported from the United States. They tower comically over their tiny shopping carts, crashing into each other or colliding with the other shoppers. The message is clear. Spies on the loose might be ten a penny at the height of the Cold War, but a Safeway supermarket was something bright, modern, different. But then the future has always been different. The shelves of today's supermarket are still crowded with products, but they have some complex digital technology hidden behind them, designed to enhance the shopping experience. There's the QR, or quick response code, intricate machine-readable black and white squares that can be scanned with your smartphone. There's also the RFID, or radio frequency identification tag, transmitting data to a handheld receiver. Both are designed to give the supermarket shopper direct access to detailed information about a specific item or product. There's also the basic barcode, which has been used at supermarket checkouts since the day it was first introduced back in 1974, barely 10 years after the Ipcrest file was released. The barcode has become such a familiar part of the e-commerce landscape that in 1991 it inspired the handheld console game Barcode Battler. They are all around us. Millions of barcode warriors and wizards waiting to fight. Swipe the right barcode with your machine and you powered up your warrior. It was marketed as the commerce conflict game and so popular for a while that kids were seen running down supermarket aisles buying the most outlandish items just to see how they improved their fighters' chances. Barcode battler, free the power! Barcode battler's fame may have been short-lived, but the idea that interactive technology could make going to the supermarket a more interesting, personally rewarding and fun experience is still with us. 
Benjamin Parry is a design researcher for the Clearleft Strategic Design Agency and has made a study of what the supermarket experience of the future might be like. The idea of making an experience more humorous or more exciting or providing something that people didn't expect, I think that's definitely something to be played with and to design around. Some of those in-store experiences, they're very similar. You could take the sign off of the front of the supermarket and replace it with another brand. And other than the colour scheme, there's no real difference. So if a supermarket can really make that in-store experience more pleasurable and more fun, I think they would definitely become a leader in that space because I don't think that's happening. I don't think there's much innovation in terms of an in-store shopping experience. There are rules and ways of doing the selling job that have to be followed if we expect to be successful in a competitive market. Take, for example, the first step, finding prospects. All those people out there, their prospects, prospects for all sorts of products. That's why those stores out there are located where the greatest number of people pass by. The Home Plus supermarket was a Korean division of the Tesco supermarket. They took over an underground subway platform and then reinstalled backlit images of a typical supermarket aisle. And on those images, they included QR codes so that people could look at those images and scan the products as if they were in the supermarket, helping them to make better use of their time, build a basket while they were on the way to work. So when they were returning from work, they were able to go and pick it up. It was a really interesting use of a time in the day. If you can support people in their basic needs for shopping, and then you can give that one extra level of experience, that one thing that they weren't expecting. You might be at an aisle and you're looking at a number of ingredients and you know that you want to do something in that particular type of cuisine. You're looking at some ingredients that you've never used before and you're curious. And in that moment, you either decide to buy it or not. And typically now you would have to go home with that ingredients, go online and find out what to do with it. But if you can do that in store or online, really take advantage of that moment when people are really curious. And you can provide something that either tells the story of that product or how to use it and then provides a second link or a second step to another product that can help you build a more exciting meal. I think there's a definite opportunity for supermarkets to help people make those more ethical choices, whether it's how the produce has been grown, how the animals have been reared, but also things like sustainability as well. So things like packaging, you know, how it's been stored or transported. And again, that feels like a role of the supermarket because people want to be making more ethical choices, but they just don't know how. They don't feel like they can make a massive change just in terms of the smaller things they do at home. But if they can shop with a more ethical supermarket that helps them make those kind of decisions that they want to make, that would definitely give them an edge over their competitors. I think there's a huge opportunity for supermarkets to have that personal touch and that personal relationship particularly when it comes to things like dietary requirements and allergies. The supermarket's almost like an extended member of that caring network that needs to be able to help people to make those really informed decisions. I think the trend that we saw was that 
people were much more interested in the fresh experience or the experience of fresh produce. You experience that through touch, you experience it through smell and sight, and you just can't replicate that online. You might want to squeeze it to see how many days you've got left in a melon or you might want to be buying something that's less ripe so it would ripe in time for that special birthday party or special event. I think there's definitely a future in in-store experiences, much like you would do for fashion industry or the automotive industry. I think, you know, going there, sitting in the car, you can't replicate that online. Interactive digital technology puts the supermarket shopper directly in contact with the product offering advice, checking price and availability, and speeding up the entire checkout process. That's part of the experience. Fast forward to Amazon Go, which has taken this interactivity further still. Customers use their smartphones to register at the store, choose their items, then simply walk out without waiting to pay for them at the checkout. That happens automatically on exit. Any human staff remaining in-store are there simply to explain to shoppers how the whole system operates. Removing trained personnel from the entire supermarket experience has many implications, particularly when it comes to keeping our data secure. Time to wander over to the safety zone and see what's on offer. The Safety Zone with David M., Principal Security Researcher at Kaspersky. If we kind of look at the supermarket, or any store indeed, as physical entities selling us physical goods and we're handing over cash in order to get those goods, then we're talking about a real-world transaction. But of course, in recent years, more and more people are paying by card, and therefore if we're paying by card, there's the issue of, well, is the transaction safe? Is the way we're storing the data safe? Can somebody else get access to it? And of course, as we move further and further into the digitization of shopping, then that's going to change even further. So the more we sort of digitize this, the more potential points there are to touch us from attackers. So the bigger the attack surface, if you like, from the digital point of view. The thing is, if you're going to lift humans out of those processes, then you need to be very sure that the digital replacements are going to be effective. That means both secure in terms of people not being able to break in and, and get from it money or anything else, other data that's valuable. We did some research at Kaspersky looking at what was available on underground markets that the criminals used to trade in this information. Basic information could be worth something like a, a dollar. We're talking here about maybe a game login or a Facebook account. So if we look at access to e-commerce sites, then that's going to be worth more. And we can be talking about $10 for that. And then the next level up would be stuff which is enough to give a criminal the ability to create a completely fake persona, to create a fake passport or a driver's license or something like that, where maybe we'd be talking about thousands of dollars. And so there's a recognition actually that people's security and people's privacy are really important and that people have a right to that. And the responsibility on the side of retailers and anyone holding personal information is to make sure that A, they're only holding the information that they need about us, B, that they have consent to do anything with that, and C, that actually the data they do store is held in a secure fashion. Fast 
Forward is brought to you by Tomorrow Unlocked, the cyber culture channel from Kaspersky. Fast Forward, bringing you yesterday's ideas today. Being assured of the freshness and ethical origin of the produce on display is clearly a key ingredient in the supermarket experience. How important will this be to the supermarket of tomorrow? Italian architect and engineer Carlo Ratti is director of the MIT Sensible City Lab Research Group. He led the design and innovation group responsible for creating the supermarket of the future at the 2015 World Expo in Milan. This made a bold feature of interactive food tables controlled by simple hand gestures, smart shelves giving product information to apps on the customer's phones, and real-time in-store data visualizations. So for me, I think the supermarket of the future is probably not a place where you find standard things. It's not a place where you go to buy toilet papers or similar, but it's a place where you can go in order to enjoy the shopping experience. Our project at World Expo 2015 in Milan was done in collaboration with Coop. Coop is one of the largest uh, supermarket players in Southern Europe, and they have very, very good data for Milan and other cities, so they knew exactly what they were going to sell. So using the technology allowed a different shopping experience, and that led to uh, much better results in the way it performed. More generally, what we discussed with them was, well, can we actually make shopping more informed? You know, if you go online and you buy something, you can look at reviews, you can know more about the product, you know, you can see where even the things you are eating, where they're coming from, you find information about the farm, the orchard, and so on. And so somehow we, we wanted to bring that information in the physical supermarket, and that's why we use uh, very simple screens activated by human motion in order to augment the experience of shopping. Eventually, all the good things reach the retail stores. Yes, the corner grocery has really grown up. Shoppers enter the supermarket on one side, while on the other, a steady stream of products is delivered on a tight schedule. It is here that the miracles of research and services are tied together for the consumer. I once heard a woman yelling, I think they're at the beginning, trying to find a particular product in a supermarket. At the beginning of what, I wondered. The whole shopping experience had become her own personal story. The Kroger supermarket chain in the United States has introduced a new form of cloud-based electronic labeling for their shelves. It can inform individual shoppers about pricing, nutritional information, recipes, special offers, and the right aisle to find other ingredients. In the end, everybody and everything has a story. There is a character by Italo Calvino called Mr. Palomar, and Mr. Palomar one day goes to a cheese shop, to a fromagerie in the center of Paris. And then he starts looking at every piece of cheese and looks at the stories behind every piece of cheese, and little by little, that little shop in Paris becomes like the Louvre Museum becomes, you know, like a place full of rich stories weaving in together all of the produce that are exhibited. 
That's really what we try to do in the supermarket. So looking at the supermarket as a place where we can create new connections between people and products and people and people through products. The supermarket, created by research and industry, is the showplace of today's agriculture. Help yourself to a miracle. Yes, here is where the shopper benefits from the work of the scientist and the farmer, the processor and the marketer. Now in one shopping trip, the average family can buy a full week's supply of groceries. I did most of my lockdown in the United States and I also noticed that basically during a number of months, you know, well, Whole Foods or the supermarket was the only place where you could go and also socialize or meet other people. I also know about kids in the United States and in other countries actually meeting on dating apps and then meeting at the supermarket was the only place where you could really go inside and meet someone. If we need to get toilet paper, we can just tell, hey, Alexa, get new toilet paper and the next day it will be delivered to our door. So that's very convenient, but for other things with an experiential social component, I think, you know, the supermarket still has a very important role to play. What we are seeing today is not sustainable, the fact that you want to have something delivered to your door within just, you know, an hour or just a few hours, that creates a big increase in traffic in our cities. I believe that Walmart is working on a different model where they're thinking that Larger deliveries are done in the, at the neighborhood level, and then people will still need to go and pick them from a central shop. The richness of our cities is related to richness of life in the streets. And life in the streets is this amazing experience of moving in between other people, seeing other people, and then of course food and beverage, but also many other type of products. So certainly we don't want to destroy all of that. We're going to see different combinations of digital and physical, and physical space, I'm convinced, still has a very important role to play. We live in physical space, we enjoy each other's company, and so certainly we'll find ways to leverage that also for buying and selling things. To me, Amazon Go is making the shopping experience uh, more seamless. Again, thanks to AI and other technologies, so you know, you, you check out, it's, it's easier. But it doesn't address the fundamental question, which is, you know, why do you want to go to a physical place? And now let's see just how shopping can be fun, real fun, at this modern and convenient shopping center. Whether in-store or online, global retail e-commerce is set to rise to an estimated $5 trillion and over annually. This means that the complex physical and digital interactions found in the supermarket design of the future will be more important than ever. It's clear that the actual shopping experience itself remains important to many customers. Hummer, the Chinese supermarket chain founded by online retail giant Alibaba, has taken a bold hybrid approach to this. Interacting with shoppers' smartphones, a sophisticated system of robots and conveyor belts ensures that each Hummer can be a food store, a high-speed local delivery hub, or a unique dining experience, depending on individual tastes and requirements. So, grab your phone and prepare to enjoy a close personal relationship with your evening meal.
You have been listening to Fast Forward. Production and sound design were by Simon James. Music by Simon James and Max de Wardener. Production coordination was by Curtis James. You also heard the voices of my special guests, Benjamin Parry, Carlo Ratti and David M. My name is Ken Hollings and I have been your presenter. This has been a Sounds Fancy production. Further episodes of Fast Forward are available on all podcast channels. Fast Forward is brought to you by Tomorrow Unlocked. For more information about this series and other thought-provoking stories of how technology is helping us to create a better future, visit TomorrowUnlocked.com. I Kaspersky, cybersecurity to help bring on the future. Hello everybody, David here from Kaspersky. I hope you're enjoying the Fast Forward audio series. If you like listening to podcasts around technology and privacy, be sure to subscribe to the Transatlantic Cable. Just search for Kaspersky or Transatlantic Cable in your favorite podcast listening app.